Welcome to another episode of Lessons from a Prodigal. My name is Mike Peroni. I am your host, and today is Monday, May 11th, 2020. Um, I hope and pray that you all are doing well. Um, I know that I did not appreciate waking up this morning to see snow on the ground in May in Michigan, but uh, <laughs> this is Michigan, and uh, you just never know what kind of weather you're going to get in this state. But as always, and I will continue to say, it's still snow or no snow. It is still a day the Lord has made. And regardless of how we like the snow or don't like the snow, <laughs> we can still rejoice and be glad in it. I am so glad that you are here today listening to this podcast. And um, um, if you're joining us for the first time, we are have been the last couple of weeks going through a study in the book of James. Um, if you are, have been following along. I hope that this lesson has been a blessing to you and and it's really um you know giving you a new new look into uh um this portion of scriptures um in that um it's challenging you to um you know stay strong and and um but more importantly I hope it's you know equipping you to to understand exactly um the process that the enemy uses to uh, cause a child of God to fall. And um, and so if you're joining us for the first time, we have been going through first uh, James chapter 1, uh, focused on verses 13 through 15. So let's just read that to get it fresh in our minds, uh, the scripture portions that we're, we're studying. So starting in uh, James 1, 13, um, the Bible says that when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Um, last week we were talking about that first process that leads to spiritual death. Um, that is, of course, how it all starts with the desire and how that desire um is conceived in your heart, you know, the moment you desire it, whatever, whatever it may be, uh, whether it's a, a thing, a place, a person, whatever it may be, um, something has gotten a hold of your attention and, and all of a sudden you're finding yourself desiring it. And then once that desire starts, it's basically, as James describes it, as, as a pregnancy starting and that desire begins um, the conception and um, of course, we were talking about how the more you feed that desire, the more you, uh, you know, set yourself up to make that desire stronger. Uh, think about it, whatever it may be, that desire grows and it's going to continue to grow as long as you continue to feed it, as long as you continue to think about um, as long as you um, continue to pursue it. Eventually, no matter how strong you may think you are. Because a lot of people say, well, I can resist this. Nothing's going to happen. I'll never do that. I'll never fall into that sin. Well, you're just fooling yourself. Because the stronger that desire becomes, the more you feed it, eventually it is going to give forth, bring forth birth, and it's going to bring birth to sin. Eventually, you're going to act on it, and you're going to fall into sin. And then once that happens, there's another process that takes place. Because just because you sin... And I don't want anybody that's listening to the, to think that, oh my gosh, I sinned, I'm spiritually dead. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. 
Um, we all fall. I mean, if that was the case, every Christian would be in trouble. You know, we all be spiritually dead because every believer at some point falls into sin. At some point, they they desire something they shouldn't, and they end up giving into it, and and they fall into the sin. They actually act upon it. But just because you act upon sin doesn't mean, okay, now you're spiritually dead. So I don't want anybody to get that idea because that's not what I'm saying because that's not what happens because now that we have sin has has come forth, now that, that our desire has given, given birth to sin, now James tells us, James tells us that there is now another process that begins. And it's that process of that sin now growing to a place and bringing you to a point and eventually, again, as James uses the pregnancy example here, that if you continue to feed that sin, and when that sin is full grown, then that sin then gives birth to death. Um, I want to read a couple other versions here because James, you know, expresses this as a pregnancy, you know, that, uh, you know, um, the desire given birth to sin and then sin given birth to death. But you may not be reading that. This is from the New International Version, and you may be reading a different version. But let's look at some other versions and see what they say about um, sin's growth. So if we look at the New American Standard, um, verse 15 says, Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Uh, Notice that um, James, in that version, the word is instead of... uh, Desire, the word is lust. And, uh, of course, you know, when you think about lust, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Of course, you know, most people will, you know, think of some sexual sin, but, you know, lust goes further than sexual sin. Lust, you can have lust for uh, power. You can have lust for money. Um, So don't let that word deceive you to think, okay, I'm not lusting after anybody. (laughs) So, but you don't have to be lusting after someone. Uh, for that to give birth to sin. Uh, Let's see, the Amplified Version, verse 15 says, The evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. And James, in the King James Version, says, verse 15, uh, chapter 1, says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So, again, regardless of what version you may read this portion of Scripture out of, the point is all four of them say the same thing, that it is a process. Whether sin is birthed to uh, death, whether it gives birth to death, or whether sin is finished, you know, the, the, uh, the outcome is going to be death. Um, when, or when uh, sin is fully matured, it will bring death. And so, um, again, it's a process, and that's the point of reading all four of those, to see that, that this is a process that takes place. And the second process that leads to death pretty much works as the same process as the desire had to go through to get into the sin in the first place. Okay, so, again, as you had to feed that desire and continue to let that desire grow in your heart, um, it eventually caused you to sin. Well, the same process is with the sin once it's grown and once it's acted upon, what you do with that sin is going to determine whether that sin is going to give birth 
to spiritual death. And how does that work? Basically, it's the same way. The more you're involved in it, the more you allow that sin to go on, the more you uh, feed it um, and it becomes stronger in your heart. You know, eventually that sin's going to eventually take over your heart. And uh, <clears throat> that sin's going to become, you know, the most important part of your life. And eventually, as that happens and continues to happen, eventually you're going to find yourself becoming spiritually dead. So again, if you've fallen into sin, don't panic, okay? Do something about it. Get out of it, okay? That's the key here. You don't want that sin to grow, okay? You allowed it to, you know, you allowed that desire to grow into sin, and that's it should have that shouldn't have happened. But now you still have a choice to say, okay, I've 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 involved myself in this. I've fallen into the enemy's trap. I've fallen into sin. I, I, I got to stop this now before it goes even further. Because just because we sin, again, like I said, I think at the end of last week, um, again, that's it's just the beginning of another process. And this process is a lot harder to get out of once you're in it. Because again, the more you're sinning, the more um, it's becoming a part of you and the harder it's going to be for you to break free from that. Um you know, when I got involved in, in a relationship I shouldn't have gotten involved in, yeah, it was bad enough I allowed myself to get that far. It should have never happened in the first place, obviously. But I let that desire grow, and um, and it grew into sin. And I, you know, finally got to the point, you know, acted on it. And But I had even at that point, I had a choice to let it go and say, okay, okay, I messed up bad. Okay, we need to get with God. We need to pray, repent. We need to uh, end what started here. And I should have been, you know, it should have never got that point in the first place. But once it did, it should have, like, ended right there and then. And, uh, but, you know, I made, I made the choice to continue to to feed that sin. And, uh and I fed it for a year and a half, a year and a half that relationship went on. And um, until finally God said, OK, you're not responding here. You're not repenting. You're not giving up the sin. Um, it's time to reveal it to everyone. And uh, but hold through that whole entire year and a half, you know, um, you know, again, I had the option and the choice to continue on in that sin or to put an end to it, just like I had the choice to put it into it when it was at a point of a desire, you know, I still, through that process, had a choice to either continue in the sin and let that grow even further or to put an end to it. Unfortunately, I made the wrong choice and, well, here I am today. <laughs> so, um, um, but as far as spiritual death... You know, did I get to a point of spiritual death? Um, I don't think I died totally, but I definitely know that it did affect my spiritual life immensely. And, um, you know, to try to give a description um, of what spiritual death looks like or how spiritual death happens through sin, um, you know, I asked the Lord to kind of give me something that I can get in my mind, you know. I can't obviously show you, you know, uh, an illustration. I mean, we're talking, I don't have any visuals that I could show you because, you know, they always say people learn more when they see things. 
and um, but this is a podcast, so you can't see me and I can't see you. But uh, but if we can get a picture in our minds, something we can hold on to to give us an example of what it really means and how um, spiritual death happens. Well, the Lord brought the example to my mind about the the frog in the pot. I'm sure many of you have probably heard about the frog in the pot. Um, how, you know, I don't know if it's a theory or if it's a fact. I've never done it before. I've never tried to experiment. <laughs> I have no desire to do that. But they do claim that if you put a frog in a pot of um, lukewarm water, that uh, <clears throat> the frog's just going to sit there. And it's not going to try to jump out of the pot. Matter of fact, it sits in there and it actually feels you know, really comfortable in that lukewarm water. And, um, um, and of course, you know what happens, the story or what they say happens is the frog will sit there and as you turn up the heat, little by little, which is a key point, little by little, the frog's not even going to notice that it's getting warmer in there until, of course, it's too late. And then once the frog realizes that, hey, I'm in trouble here, um, it's too late and it's, he's, he just can't get out of the situation and he ends up, of course, being cooked. And, um, and God just brought that, that picture into my mind and really sharing with me how that works the same for a, a Christian who at this point, who's allowed their desire to drag them away and entice them. And now once they fall into that sin, they're basically that frog in the pot. And um, basically, they're sitting in that lukewarm water, okay? Now, at this point, it's not too cold to make them uncomfortable. It's not too warm to make them uncomfortable, to warm enough to get them out of there. They're pretty much feeling comfortable and uh, not realizing that they're in trouble. And if they don't get out of that pot, they're going to be in trouble, um, so that's kind of the picture that the Lord showed me as far as where this person is. This is a person who's fallen into sin, um, and they're not cold or they're not hot. They're, they're lukewarm and they're just sitting in that pot and they're comfortable where they're at right now. <clears throat> and, um, and for a Christian though, however, cause no, we know in the story of the, of the, uh, the analogy of the frog, you know, and that particular incidents, the people are turning the heat up. And uh, to the point where, again, it's, once the frog realizes it's in trouble, it can't react to it. But in the Christian, what the Lord showed me is that it works opposite. So that someone who's in the pot in a lukewarm state, as long when they continue to choose to fall into that sin and continue to choose to participate in that sin, the fire is not going hotter. What's happening is the fire is being turned down. The water is not getting warmer. The water is getting cooler. And the longer that we choose to participate in that sin, the colder the water is getting, not hotter, the colder. And I don't know if you have ever experienced uh, frigid cold or if you've been in the cold for a long time, what starts happening? What starts happening to your limbs? What starts happening... What that starts happening eventually is you start to become numb. You start to become numb. So instead of getting on overheated, you're becoming cold and colder 
and colder to the point where you become numb. And I think that's the best way to describe someone who's becoming spiritually dead, is they become numb. And yes, you can become numb enough to where you just don't feel anything anymore. And that is the big danger as far as continuing to choose to ignore God's convictions, refuse to repent from your sins, and choose to continue in that sin, because every time you participate in that sin, you're not getting hotter, you're getting colder, to the point where you become numb, and before you know it, you can't feel anything. And I can honestly say that I did experience that. You get to the point where you get so numb that even though you're not, you know you're doing wrong, you just continue to want to do what you <clears throat> do what you want to do. Um, you get to the point you get so numb that when people even around you realize or sense something's wrong, that you completely ignore them and you ignore the warnings that they see and um, you don't even acknowledge it. If anything, if, if anything, you're going to argue with them and tell them they're crazy. <laughs> you know, that's not happening. Um, you get so numb that, um, like I said, you realize that you're doing wrong, but you can't seem to respond to do the right thing. And eventually you get so numb that you stop hearing God and you stop even responding to him. And, uh, um, and the colder that water gets, just like the fire, when you when it gets built up with a frog, they get to a point that they can't get out of it. Well, you can get so numb that you get to the point that you can't move. And, um, and you get to the point where you don't even respond to God. Um, you get numb to, to his word. You get numb to worship. Um, you just don't feel. You get numb to everyone's feelings, you know. I mean, I'll never forget when um, everything that came out and, uh, you know, <clears throat> Diane was trying to talk to me. I remember she showed up at my brother's house, who I was living with at the time, and just pleading with me to, you know, she was more concerned about my soul than anything else. And I'll never forget when she was just um, pleading with me to, you know, to, to stop doing what I was doing and uh, get right back with God and to repent. And I'll be honest with you, I just sat there totally emotionless, you know, showed no emotion, um, if anything, I ended up getting angry and, it, you know, just told her to go. I didn't want to hear what she had to say. And, uh, but here, this poor girl, this poor wife, this poor woman of God, who definitely didn't deserve any of this, um, you know, pleading with her husband to, to not, to not only, you know, come home, that wasn't her plea. Her plea was to get right back with God. And, um, I found myself again, just sitting there totally no emotion, no regret, no remorse, no tears. Um, and it was very, you know, I can't, I can't imagine what she saw from seeing a husband who was on fire for God for 20-something years to see some her husband dead spiritually. I can't even imagine <clears throat> what that looked like. But I know what it felt like because I know I was, something was wrong. I knew I could, I could never understand why I couldn't respond. I'm like, what's wrong with me, you know? And um, and then, of course, it just went from bad to worse when 
you know, I got back into drinking, back into smoking again, you know, shared my experience with the gambling. Um, so I just got number and number that water got colder and colder. And I believe that the Lord, you know, if I would have continued to go on, I think you get to the point where you just don't care anymore. Um, but the Lord is faithful and he's rescuing me and he's helping me. And I can honestly say in the last, you know, probably few months here or so, I'm, it's just starting, but I actually feel myself starting to come back to life again. And I'm very grateful for that. So that's what spiritual death looks like. That's what it feels like. You don't have any feeling and you can't, you can get so cold that you don't even know how to respond anymore. And so that's why this lesson is so vital to understand that we need to stop the conception at the very beginning when you get that desire, and especially if you know it's a desire that's not of God. Don't even allow it to grow into sin. But if it does grow into sin, please let's stop it there. Because again, that sin's just going to continue to grow eventually until you eventually find yourself spiritually dead. And it's a very, very bit uncomfortable. Matter of fact, it's 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 horrible feeling in a horrible position to be in in your life. Um, now you know, again, does that mean I don't believe in God or I didn't believe in God that whole time? Of course not. I always believed in God. I never lost my faith in Him. But it wasn't. But I couldn't bring myself to seem to get myself out of it until God once again is getting a hold of me, and He now He's taken away that coldness. He's He's uh. Unthawing me, <laughs> I guess is the best way to say it. But uh, I hope to God that nobody ever finds themselves in that situation. So uh, again, I hope that you understand how that works. And um, if you're involved in something you shouldn't be right now, please stop. Get out of it before it gets even worse. Repent to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you. And he will. He's faithful and just. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. He's been there the whole time, just waiting for you to to wake up and um, so realize what's going on in your life and what's happened. And um, if you know anybody that's in that situation, please let them hear this podcast because this is life or death here, folks. This is serious. And um, and if it's not taken care of, we can see people, <clears throat> excuse me, falling away, and it's 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 terrible. And so, um, I hope again this teachings have been a blessing to you. Um, I'm again trying to just keep this to about a half hour. I hope that you're receiving though what God is trying to say through this portion of scriptures. And um, and again, if you know of anybody that's that's on their way, if you know of someone that's on the road to spiritual death. Um, I mean, it's their choice, but let them know that there's someone out there who understands and someone out there who's telling them to stop because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And so I just pray that this podcast will get into the ears of everyone that needs to hear it. And, um, and next week, we'll see what the Lord has in store to talk to you. But know that uh, God loves you, and he cares about you, and, um, and he is so faithful. 
And uh, so I hope you have a great week. Um, if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to get a hold of me. <laughs> um, most of you have my phone number. Throw me a text. Message me. Um, let me know if you have any input as well. I'd love to share your thoughts as well um, on what you think about this topic that we've talked about. And I really hope and pray that it's come through what I'm trying to say. Um, again, I'm just trying to get back into God's Word and get back into teaching or sharing God's Word. And, and so if I sound a little rusty, forgive me. Um, I'm hoping God will, you know, as the weeks go on, um, just work on my presentation, if so to speak. But I hope that you're here in my heart. And I hope that you're seeing the importance in what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And I encourage you to just dive into the scriptures some more in your devotional time. Pray to the Lord, see what he would show you. And um, let's encourage each other and help each other out. And especially if you know of someone, again, who's falling short, who's who's at that point of decision-making and, and can make them or break them, um, get this into their hands, Get this, get, share this podcast with them. And if they need someone to talk to, um, get a hold of me. I would love to sit down and talk with them. So I hope you have a great week. And um, um, until next week, um, be safe. And uh, we'll talk again then. All right. God bless you.